Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. Today we're talking about appreciation, which is central to Buddhism in so many ways, yet easier to talk about than truly practice, especially when it comes to the tougher circumstances and people in our lives. Our guest is Doris Edwards of Philadelphia, who has been chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo for many, many years. I called to pick her brain about the Buddhist perspective on appreciation, and today she shares the most moving personal experiences about her own journey toward appreciation. I'll let Doris share the rest. So thank you. My name is Doris Edwards, and I'm calling from Philadelphia, and I am happily retired after working 45 years uh, in uh, telecommunications and also as a paralegal. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I'm excited to hear more about your experience. So if you don't mind sharing originally, how did you encounter SGI Nietzsche and Buddhism and kind of what piqued your interest at the time such that you decided to try chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo? I started chanting when I was 25 years old and I was introduced to the practice uh, by my best friend. At the time, I was a devout Catholic, and I wasn't seeking Buddhism at all, um, but I had some challenges in my life. And one of the challenges was that my mother had a drinking problem, and I had prayed so hard for her to be able to stop drinking. And so when I saw my friend, what I saw is the actual proof of her life becoming happier and happier. And this is what I desired. So she told me about Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, and I started chanting. And I have to tell you, the moment, the night that I said Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, I saw actual proof in my life. And so it was so, um, for me, that actual proof is what I needed. And so Based on that, I thanked Catholicism for leading me to Buddhism. I never looked back, and I chanted to be absolutely happy, and I have to tell you, my prayer was answered. Oh my gosh, incredible. Yeah, I, um, if you don't mind my asking, you know, sometimes when people are are new, it's like hard to understand why or how saying these words can really do anything. And I'm curious if when you started chanting, um, there were any sort of like, uh, yeah, like what were the internal changes that you experienced, if any, or what were the external such that you were like, okay, I tried it, but I, I want to actually continue doing this for the long haul. Okay. So when I, when uh, my friend told me about it, actually we were in her Volkswagen Beetle on our way to see Aretha Franklin in a, in a concert. So when I got in the car, she said, 
say these words. The words were Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. Honestly speaking, I didn't care what the words meant. All I wanted to do was go see Aretha Franklin. So we chanted all the way uh, to New Jersey from Pennsylvania. And it was amazing. We were in this giant, I mean, this long line. And out of nowhere, this man appeared and he said, oh, he said, I'm selling tickets for $10, but I have a bus parked on the, on the uh, back lot. And uh, she said, I said, no, I was very hesitant because I didn't know him. She didn't know him either. I said, no. She said, yes. He said, you can't tell anybody else on the bus. You only paid $10 because they paid more. So mm-hmm. we, we did it. And what happened they took buses in first. We got front row seats to see Aretha Franklin. Oh, my gosh. Same night I said those words. I didn't know what they meant. I didn't care. what they, I had never even been to a meeting. And it was amazing. But I, I know what I felt inside. Inside, I just felt a shift. I, I have to say I felt hope. Hmm. I felt good. I felt like the actual proof was what I had been praying for, for all the years that I had gone to church. And it just, and so then from that point, you know, I was able to go to meetings and learn about Buddhism and I never looked back. That's, yeah, that's wild. Oh my goodness. What an amazing story of how you started. It's so interesting, right? Because whenever people hear stories of how somebody started practicing, um, there there is this kind of like idea that, oh, chanting for stuff isn't Buddhism, right? Because like the kind of popular conception of getting what you want and materialism and Buddhism, they don't match. And we just did like a, a little explainer episode on earthly desires or enlightenment to explain how that's different here. But um, but I'm curious, you know, after the like kind of conspicuous initial benefits that you were like, wow, I'm feeling this. Uh, people who who continue practicing Buddhism for a long time at some point have to like kind of dig into what we call human revolution in this Buddhist community, right? Like, okay, so I have to do some kind of work, and it has to come from the inside. And uh, as much as you're comfortable sharing, I'm curious, like. When did that sort of journey begin for you that you were like, okay, I kind of want to put in this work and you started learning more about the philosophy and all of that too? Thank you so much for that because you're, you're absolutely right. What was more important for me and what was making me still suffer and challenge my life was the fact that my mother had a drinking problem. And I prayed about it but nothing ever changed. And what I learned uh, in this Buddhism is that I had the ability, I had the uh, power to change, and it wasn't about changing her. It was about changing me. Because honestly speaking, at that time, what I had in my life, and I didn't realize it, I was looking outside and blaming my mother for my unhappiness. But what I came to realize is that I was unhappy because I had blame, complain, and judgment in my life towards my mother. And when I sought guidance from a senior in faith, my guidance was to chant for my mother's happiness. 
And I didn't want to hear that because I felt like she's she's happier than me. She's always drinking, so she's always happy. Mm. What about my happiness? But I remember reading some guidance from Daisaku Ikeda, and he said every family has their own set of circumstances. And the fact that your mother had you was an opportunity to change your situation. So from that moment on, I started chanting for my mother to become happy. And I have to tell you, I had to dig deep in my life and change my heart. And Buddhism talks about the heart is what matters. And when I decided to change my heart from the blame, the complaint, and the judgment to one of appreciation for my mother, I appreciated the fact that she had me. Um, I have to tell you, obviously in Buddhism, when we change, the environment changes. So I went on chanting for my mom to be happy. And one night I was on my way to a meeting and my mother said, can I go to the meeting with you? Totally shocked, totally shocked. My mother went to the meeting. The members really rallied around her. They talked to her about Buddhism. She was so inspired and so encouraged that she decided to practice Buddhism and she received her uncle Hansen. Wow. My mother... Um, was a very, very talented sketch artist. And her, because of her chanting, she was invited to display her sketches at the state capitol in Harrisburg. Such actual proof. I will, I'm, I'm so grateful to my mother for allowing me or giving me the opportunity to do the human revolution that I needed to do and to change my life. And it taught me, instead of saying, I want a good mother, I learned I needed to be a good daughter in order to have a good mother. So that that experience was such a, a, a breakthrough for me in how to do the human revolution that I needed to do. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you for sharing that so honestly too, because it's, uh, wow, it's so real. It's actually a perfect segue into the theme that I wanted to unpack today. Um, So I might circle back to this experience a little bit later, but uh, I think it's important just like, you know, base level appreciation is so important in Buddhism. We hear about it all the time when we study, you know, at our meetings, you hear it all the time in people's personal experiences. And you touched on, you know, this idea that the heart is important in Buddhism. Um, But yeah, maybe just like for someone who's completely new to Buddhism, who's like, what does that have to do with, with the philosophy? And why, what do you mean by appreciation? Like, why is it so important? Of course, I'm grateful, you know, isn't that good enough kind of thing. So I'm, I'm curious, like if you just sort of had to explain to someone who is new, um, why appreciation is central to our practice and like kind of what it means to you to actually practice appreciation based on Buddhism, what would you say? So for me, appreciation is um, so important in, in Buddhism and so important in my own life because it really uh, makes you human uh, to be able to appreciate. 
And I feel like for me, there's so many things. I even start off my day with appreciation, to tell you the truth. I start off with when I wake up every morning, I appreciate the fact that I woke up. Then I appreciate the fact that I was able to get up. And so reading Nietzsche Daishonin, he wrote letters to his disciples. And one letter in particular that he wrote talked about the depths of gratitude. Mm. And so that really helped me also because one of the gratitude, debts of gratitude, he, he said, was to our mother and our father. And so from that, and then I started reading uh, about how important it is to change our heart. When I changed my heart, I changed my attitude towards appreciation. And it, it helped me have appreciation on a much deeper level, not just on the surface. You know, uh, of course, we say thank you. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, but it, it takes it to another level of, of thank you or appreciation, uh, you know, for me and not taking anything for granted. Um, and I think that this organization, SGI, has helped me develop that appreciation because Daisako Ikeda talks about it so much. And I, I look at the, the life I've been able to develop in this organization and I know I would not have even tapped on appreciation because I was so, I feel like negative and I thought somebody owed me something, but you know, but no, uh, the fact that I'm alive, I'm so appreciative. Yeah. That's so incredible. It, it reminds me of, um, uh, it, it's funny, first of all, because I relate very much to to the experience that that you're sharing. And whenever I've heard questions from people like who might be in a situation similar to what you described, if maybe you didn't have a parent that was able to care for you in the way you needed or or maybe it, it was even to the level of you were harmed by someone who's supposed to be caring for you, those kinds of situations to hear that you have a debt of gratitude to your parents. You know, it sounds a little like no, no, I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, so I, I appreciate you you sharing that. And it reminds me of um, this like line that I read in um, the book, Unlocking the Mysteries of Birth and Death or Life and Death, um, about how like just having life, like your parents just having given you life is what the appreciation is for. Like that alone is the most incredible thing. And um I, I, even that is hard to understand sometimes because you're like, my life is that, like being alive is that great. Like I should have that much appreciation. What if my life is filled with suffering? So I just, just throwing that out there as I'm curious what your reaction to that is. You know, if someone who's new is listening and they're like, I, I don't know that I can have like that kind of appreciation just because I have life. Like what if every day is just hard to be alive? You know what I mean? Yeah, just curious. Yeah, I totally understand that. Sometimes it's very challenging to have uh, appreciation, especially when you come from circumstances that are not ideal. And um, I come from circumstances, and I understand that, that I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Um, I didn't want to have friends. I didn't want to have a boyfriend because I I suffered so much. And I think the key for me 
was that I was tired of suffering. And I had the key, I felt, to change my suffering into hope. Mm -hmm. And that is what Buddhism did for me. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand and get it because, you know, there's many young people, old people who have situations that they're so um, stuck in, you know, that situation. But I will promise anybody, I don't care what situation you're in, what challenge you have, trust and believe if you just try nam yoho renge kyo it will relieve that pain and that suffering because i i had it not just for my mom but i i was in a relationship with someone who i thought we were going to get married and it ended up he ended up marrying someone else he didn't tell me and that was another challenge that i had in my life and I could have just been like given up on life, mm. you know, given up what is what's wrong with me? How come all these things are happening to me? But I saw my situations as when the, the boyfriend left, so did my happiness because I felt like that was my happiness that was leaving. And I just decided I, I have to I have to change this. And of course I, I chanted Nam Yoho Rengekyo, but what he showed me, the appreciation that I had for him leaving was I took responsibility for my own happiness. And that's what Buddhism taught me. Buddhism taught me that you are responsible for your own life. And so because I was responsible for my own life, I thanked him because I decided when he left, I decided I was going to be the happiest woman in Philadelphia. That became my prayer. And honestly speaking, that is still my prayer today. Only it got larger because now I'm chanting to be the happiest woman on the planet. So that way, something that seemed to be so negative or so impossible turned around to be my biggest benefit because I took responsibility for my life. It's easy for me to blame other people because I had all the evidence that it was their fault. All the evidence didn't matter. All I could have all the evidence I want, but until I took responsibility, nothing changed. Oh my goodness. That, uh, yeah, this connection between appreciation and happiness that, that you're making is uh, actually like, yeah, pretty mind-blowing. I haven't thought about it this way because sometimes in, especially in like a secular context, when you hear the importance of appreciation, it, it's like, yes, you might have challenging things happening, but why don't you find some good things to be appreciative of? And it's sort of like you're accepting the situation, but looking at like the good things. But the way that you're describing it is like having appreciation for the negative things actually is like fuel to then completely change the entire situation and pursue something even bigger and better, which 
it's like a pretty revolutionary way to think about, you know, just hearing you, you put it like that directly, <laughs> um, like chanting to be the happiest woman, you know, who does that? Like no one, that's not something you're taught to do, you know, normally in the world, but this practice definitely, it, it makes sense. <laughs> Um, if you don't mind my asking, you know, again, I'm always thinking from the perspective of people, um, who are new and just hearing all these concepts is new to them. When you say like become the happiest woman in the world or in Philadelphia, how do you define that happiness? Like, what is it that you're striving towards that maybe someone who's listening and is looking kind of for a vision or something to a happiness to pursue, but doesn't quite understand what you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? For, for me, that kind of happiness means not being defeated. It means never giving up. It means really, it's not the kind where I'm laughing all day, every day. No, it, I'm taking responsibility for my happiness and not looking outside of myself for someone else to decide my happiness. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, every day, it's a battle. It's a battle because there's so many things going on in the world today that will eat away at your happiness and mm -hmm. or make you think, you know, I can't be happy. Why should I be happy? Nobody else is happy. You know, it's the kind of happiness of um, just not being defeated by your circumstances, you know, always having that hope that I can change it at any given moment. You know, in some days... I win and some days I don't, but I just really decide I have to win over myself. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I, um, since the pandemic, that really helped me a lot was some encouragement from Daisaku Ikeda. And he said, what is victory? He said, victory is winning over yourself. Mm -hmm. And all the apathy and all the other things that you feel in your life. That's from the inside. And so I've learned to transform inside. When I transform inside, outside will reflect that. Hmm. Yeah, completely makes sense. And I, I love that. Um, I So this one of the questions, and I feel like you've already begun to answer this, um, but is, you know, if you have any personal experiences that have helped you deepen your understanding of the value of appreciation and you mentioned your mom and also this past relationship but um if yeah it, are there other examples or within these examples like were there any kind of like turning points for you where you were like okay like i i get it now i'm not just chanting to appreciate them like i f i feel differently do you know what i mean yeah I, and i think there's been many uh turning points for me to really dig deep in my life. Even my uh, employment um, didn't go smoothly at all. There, there were challenges there, um, but still I had to apply and, and forget, you know, I forget all the ones, the situations that I was able to change, but then here is this other situation with my, with my job. And I remember just seeking so much encouragement from my leaders because I had a boss that I wanted, I couldn't understand why I'm, I thought I was being nice, but why is this person in my environment, you know? And, and so I had to, even in that situation, really take responsibility again 
for my happiness and not think that I can change someone else. And that each situation that I encountered was even more showing me that it, you don't, and that's what Buddhism says. You can't change another person. You can only change you. Mm-hmm. And that was the lesson I had to learn over and over and over again be, until it became got in my DNA, you know. And this is the other thing that I've learned uh, in Buddhism. Have expectation only of myself and appreciation for anybody else. Because if I expected someone to act this way or respond that way, I was always disappointed because they couldn't live up to my expectations. Mm. Sometimes I couldn't even live up to my expectations. So I only had expectations of myself and appreciation for everybody else. Wow, what an amazing way to put it. I've heard that, you know, uh, I mean, many people will say outside of Buddhism, you know, just you want to be happy don't have expectations (laughs) but I love the way that you put it actually have expectations of yourself but appreciation for everyone else that's a completely different way to look at it um yeah I if you don't uh mind my asking in the example that you shared with your your mom and the kind of like how she ultimately started to practice um what do you recall any kind of like turning points once you started chanting for her happiness? Like where, when you when you were like, okay, I feel appreciation for this relationship or this situation or, you know, because it, it, in retrospect, like I don't want to make it, how do you say, sound too easy for someone who might be in it right now and they're like, and then it all just worked out. Like I have so much anger or I have so much pain. So as much as you're comfortable sharing like a little more about that journey to appreciation, I would love to hear it. The turning point for me was um, changing all the chanting begrudgingly. Um, I didn't want to do it because I was so full of anger, you know, a blame, complaint, and judgment towards my mother. And I, I, don't, I can't tell you how long it took. It wasn't, it didn't seem like a long time, but every day taking a deep gulp and chanting for her happiness because I really felt she was the cause of me suffering so much. And it it wasn't an easy journey. It was very painful, to be honest with you. And I didn't want to do it. Um, But, you know, as I said earlier, I was so tired of suffering because, and and here's the other part. I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. And neither one of them were affected the way I was. So I knew, Hmm. again, it was something in my life that I had this situation. And so, yeah, it was very painful and I didn't want to do it. But the turning point was when I remember um, really meaning that I wanted my mom to be happy. And when all that blame, complaint, and judgment turned into unconditional love for my mother, and I ended up uh, taking care of my mother. My mother ended up uh, with dementia. I moved her in with me. Um, 
I took care of her. She, I became her caregiver. And um, it was amazing. And I thanked my mother that I was able to repay my debt of gratitude to her while she was still living. Instead of, you know, she's no longer here. I can't do that. So it was such an amazing journey. And I feel my mother was the only person on the planet who could help me do the human revolution that I needed to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have never done it. I would have still been, you know, full of blame, complaint, and judgment and wondering why my life isn't happy. You know what I mean? But so she really played that role in my life. And I said, she's, of course, she's deceased now, but I want her to be my mother in the next life so I could do even more human revolution. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah, that's a like full circle transformation, especially to be able to care for her after all of that. Um, yeah, you know, it, so it uh, it makes me wonder, and I this is one of the, again, I feel like you've already touched on this, but in situations where it can feel really difficult to have um, appreciation for challenges in our life, if I'm, uh, like what I'm hearing from you is that that uh, appreciation is for the opportunity to do your own human revolution, to transform your own sort of internal life. And um, for people who are new again, you know, when you say, human revolution like how do i ask this like uh like why is that human revolution like your own something that you treasure so much that you appreciate your mom for being the catalyst for it if you know what i mean you know like some people can like go through life and be like i don't need to really like it's not that important to me to change myself you know but it sounds like something that you really treasure and are grateful to be able to do and many many buddhists would say the same so i'm wondering yeah if that makes sense yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. I, I treasure it because what I treasured and what I really wanted and what I started out practicing for was to be happy because I was so um, sad and, you know, and I wasn't happy at all. And I, I just saw the actual proof in my friend. And so I, I of course, wanted that. And I was willing to do whatever it took to really have that kind of happiness. And so it was like really um, deciding for myself that I had to do the work. That to me is what Buddhism is. It's not easy. It's like make taking action. That's what Buddhism is. It's like chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, of course, but it's also taking the action. And you have to be committed to taking the action to see what you want. And that's why goals are important. You know, my goal was to be happy. And how do I get to that goal? Yeah, I could, you know, chant, chant, chant. But no, I had to do action. And the action that I had to take was to to really see what is it that I needed to change, not focus on what my mother needed to change. What is it that you need to change? And so then I had to take the action. And the, the, what I needed to change was my heart. Hmm. I needed to change my heart that was so um, negative towards the person 
who gave me life. Mm. And I had to do the work. And it's effort to practice. It takes effort to be happy. It just doesn't happen. It takes a lot of effort. And, you know, it's so inspiring to me when I listen to other members and, you know, and they share their stories and I'm able to really um, encourage others now. And when I encourage others, like my leaders encourage me, I feel like I get encouraged. So it, it's it's effort and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What you're touching on is um, the role of the Buddhist community. Like we don't chant and then everything just because you chant by yourself, everything is just going to change. Of course, that's the key part of the practice. But like this interaction of you receiving encouragement from other people who practice and then you giving encouragement to other people who practice like that um, sounds like it's such an important place to also practice and experience appreciation. Um, so yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I, I, it is such like the community piece seems so important. I have to say it's because of the leaders, uh, the members that I've really been able to um, change so much because I needed to change my own way of thinking and think more from a Buddhist perspective. And not, mm -hmm. and you know, and when I think from a Buddhist perspective, I think of not what would make me happy, but this Buddhism teaches me to uh, think about others, practice for others and practice for self. You know, it's not just about you and you being so self-centered, but always thinking about how can I, you know, assist somebody? How can I help somebody else? And you just really feel great. Uh, I do. I feel really good. Uh, doing that. And I, and consequently, I've met so many members and it's just been my fortune uh, being in this organization to meet many, many members. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's worth mentioning for anyone who's new that, um, that like the, the reason, like what you described earlier when I asked you about how you define happiness and you shared about not ever giving up and like knowing that you can change anything the point of that is so that you can demonstrate to other people that they can also do it. It's not just like a uh, happiness based on, yeah, I, I can do it. I got what I needed. End of story, you know, and it's like a, only a certain kind of experience that comes from a very deep place that's actually encouraging to other people. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so I always kind of end with the same two questions, which are, um, uh, about like Buddhist study and advice. But before I, I move to those, just like related to this topic, is there any anything I didn't think to ask about in terms of your own experience um, with with appreciation or things that you've learned? Or yeah, just in case I didn't, there's anything that didn't occur to me to include? Yeah, you know, I one thing that I really wanted to um, say, uh, what helped me, of course, as you mentioned, is our study which is very, very important. And I remember reading um, from Daisako Ikeda when he said, even if you don't have any appreciation, but you want to start, start with something simple, just like saying thank you. 
that's just such a great place to start. And uh, what he said, and I, you know, um, ingrained in my engraved in my own life. And I don't know if this is the place to put this, but he said, um, Daisaku Ikeda, my mentor said, being able to acknowledge the rare and noble act of receiving support from others produces in our hearts a feeling of pride and self-esteem. I am worthy of receiving such goodness. It provides us with spiritual support to go on living. And he said, expressing appreciation to those around us can immediately impact our inner state of life. And the more we express our gratitude, the more we break away from the cycle of negativity and strengthen the cycle of appreciation, joy, and happiness in our lives. So I wanted to break away from that cycle you know, of of suffering and more. I wanted to have more appreciation and joy in my life. Yeah, thinking about it that way is so, uh, I I haven't thought about it that way as a cycle. It's not like about just the individual person. It's like a a cycle that you yourself or oneself gets gets stuck in or or actually can be in a cycle of appreciation instead. (laughs) I also wonder if uh, just, you know, off the top of your head, because I know there's so, so many, but if someone is newer to Buddhism and they're like, uh, like, I want to understand a little bit more about the philosophy, you know, like I, I, I get what you're saying. I want to dig into this a little bit more. We have so many like important Buddhist concepts that you learn to apply to your life. And I'm curious if you have a favorite one that you feel like if someone's new, they're like, you know, here, like this is something that you should you should think about or try to learn about, and it'll help you move toward appreciation. Yeah, I, I think for me, there's so many. You're absolutely right, but the one I can think of off the top of my head is changing poison into medicine. Huh. And huh. I look at the all the the negativity in my life as the poison hmm. in my life, and the medicine that I needed to understand, of course, chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, and all of that just turned around for me. Um, And I feel like also the importance of our our prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, your resolve, your determination. It, It takes a lot of determination to be able to really um, tap into your own life, your own Buddha nature, you know? I feel like that I, the piece about, the piece about poison into medicine perfectly encapsulates actually what you did with your relationship with your mother, like something that could have remained as poison became medicine, you know, for that life condition that wasn't allowing you to be happy in a sense. So that's actually perfect. I, uh, I think it's a great one. Yeah. And then the determination makes a lot of sense too. the, you don't think that you have to like determine to be happy, you know, you hope it'll just show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really true. It's, it, it, it was a battle, you know, it's a battle between staying the way I am and deciding this is who I am and, you know, or changing who I am 
you know? And so that's the battle because I had been that way all my life. And, you know, so I was used to suffering. Do I, do I continue to suffer or do I decide, you know, and, and determine? I, I, I have to change this. And that, that piece of it for me was that just being, just going and every single day deciding I, I'm going to be happy and not giving up on myself and not giving up on my prayer. That is what changed it. I, I didn't give up on myself. I love that. Wow. Um, well, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so encouraging already. Um, I will move to the, the closing question. So I always close every single episode with the same question, which is for anybody who's listening, who might be new to chanting and maybe they're struggling in some kind of circumstance or they're just, you know, exploring chanting. If you could give them one piece of advice, what one piece of advice would you give them? You can be absolutely happy. You can fulfill your dreams whatever your dreams and goals are, you can absolutely do that if you apply Nam-myoho-renge-kyo to your life. You know, so I feel for, for new uh, people just uh, starting out Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, please try it. Please decide for yourself. I want to be happy I want to change things in my life because you are worth it. I want to leave you today with one more passage that Doris shared with me, which I absolutely love. This is also from Buddhist philosopher Daisaku Ikeda. He writes... Chanting makes us unbeatable. When we chant nam myoho renge to the Gohonzon, the sound of the mystic law reaches the realm of Buddhahood in the universe, as well as the Buddha nature within us. Unlocking its innate compassion, wisdom, and courage, it fills us with the energy to face every difficulty, strengthens our life force, and makes us unbeatable. It enables us to exercise our wisdom and intellect, sets us on a sure path leading to good fortune and benefit, and allows us to advance toward victory. The true purpose of our Buddhist practice is to elevate our life state. On that note, if you're new to chanting or want to connect with your local Buddhist community, as always, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.